and welcome to the Northridge Vineyard Evening Community Podcast. We're a church community in Sydney, Australia who are passionate about pursuing God together and seeing the world changed by His love. We hope this message challenges and inspires you. For more talks and other resources, please visit our website, www.northridge.org.au. Thank you very much. This is a major, major privilege to come and speak with you guys tonight. Hi to online people. I hope I'm in the right space, all of the above. Um, Some things to clear up. Uh, This bottle is a kombucha bottle. It's not a beer bottle. I fill it with water. Um, It's just what I've got because some, my my original metal, Uh, bottle. I was skateboarding and I left it on the side of the road as I skated down uh, to the bottom of the street and then I came back and it wasn't there. Um, And that made me sad. Uh, But, so I just had to use what I could find and what I could find was a kombucha bottle. Um, Anyway, let us recap where we're at. At the moment, we're going through a series looking at the Sermon on the Mount. Uh, we started right back at the beginning with the Beatitudes, and then we had the awesome Sam Torbman come and bring, uh, talk about the teaching on the law, and then we've gone through a couple weeks on this section of the You Have Herds, um, and we've been talking about uh, teaching, Jesus' teaching on anger, his teaching on adultery, his teaching on love your enemies, and a couple of other things. Um, Essentially, um, and tonight, we're going to be continuing on from chapter 6, verse 1, and essentially, we've just come out of this section of Jesus describing what it is to live a righteous life. Like, what, what instructions for us to live in the way that he is calling us to? And so, if you want to grab your Bibles, feel free to open up uh, Matthew chapter 6, verse 1. We're also going to dive back into chapter 5, um, so keep that open. And also, specifically, I'm going to be using the NLT tonight, mainly for like a very spe- particular word reason, but feel free to use what you would like. So, um, we have just come out of this section talking about this righteous life talking about loving our enemies, talking about how to deal with anger. And Jesus comes and starts to answer this question, how are we meant to go about it? Because you had, you had a bunch of people already living this life, but actually Jesus was wanting to counteract that and bring another way to live this life. So if we read from uh, Matthew 6, verse 1, let's go. Um, watch out. Don't do your good deeds publicly to be admired by, your, uh, admired by others, for you will lose your reward from your Father in heaven. When you give, someone, give to someone in need, don't do as the hypocrites do, blowing trumpets in the synagogues and streets to call attention to their acts of charity. I tell you the truth. They have received all the reward they will ever get. But when you give to someone in need, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. Give your gifts in private, and your Father, who sees everything, will reward you. When you pray, don't be like the hypocrites, who love to pray publicly on street corners and in the synagogues, where everyone can see them. I tell you the truth, that is all the reward they will ever get. But when you pray, go away by yourself, 
Shut the door behind you and pray to your father in private. Then your father, who sees everything, will reward you. Now, in this passage, Jesus is presenting a way of going about doing these righteous things. But interestingly enough, in chapter 5, Jesus also presents a way of living and going about doing these righteous things. He talks about it in, uh, when he describes us being the light of the world. And these two ideas are actually in conflict with each other. Let's jump to chapter 5, uh, verse 14. Let's read it real quick. You are the light of the world. Like a city on a hilltop, it, that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. So what's going on here? In chapter 6, we've got this this definition of doing... um, Doing our good deeds in secret. Don't do them in public. But then when Jesus is talking about the light of the world in chapter 5, he's saying, let your good deeds shine for all to see. How are we meant to resolve this conflict, this tension? Well, let's dive into it and starting with the light of the world in chapter 5. Here, Jesus is teaching really simply that through the good things that we will do, People will see God. Now, also, the light of the world is a name that he uses for himself in John 8, chapter 8, and chapter 9. And so it's even more than that. Jesus is saying that we are like him and are to act like him in bringing the kingdom light to the world around us, bringing his healing, bringing his love. Um, And secondly, we're also taught we can't hide it. Like you can't hide a city on a hill. You can't put a blanket over it. We're also taught that we shouldn't hide it. Like a lamp, you put it on a lampstand. Another part of living out this righteous life is that it must start from a place of being. Here Jesus says that you are the light of the world. Not you must act like the light of the world. Now, This idea reminds me of a movie that I was forced to watch, forced to watch in high school by my older sister um, called Princess Diaries. Um, Essentially, stick with me for a moment. Essentially, the idea, the main character, Mia, is an ordinary girl in high school, but then one day she is told that she is actually royalty. And then there's a whole bunch of movie about uh, what happens there. But the main idea is that Mia was royalty before she knew it. Mia was royalty before she even felt like royalty. And she even went through, in this case, a quite comical process of learning to act like royalty. In the same way, Jesus says that we are the light of the world, regardless of whether we feel like it, 
regardless if we're courageous enough to step out and show people around us or not. And there's a similar invitation to come and learn what it looks like to act like the light of the world. And so here, the light of the world, what Jesus is teaching us is the way that we are to live this righteous life is starting from a place of knowing that we are the light of the world and to not hide that, but to let that shine through the things we do. Okay? So that's the light of the world. Let's go over to chapter 6 and see what Jesus is saying there. Now, really, really quick, um, the words good deeds um, in each section is actually a different word. So um, in the light of the world section, we had let your good deeds shine out for all to see. In chapter 6, we have don't do your good deeds publicly. In, when Jesus is talking about the light of the world, he is talking directly to our good, our honorable, our admirable, our commendable deeds, actions, things that we do labor, like our labors. Whereas in chapter 6, the word uh, actually refers to the giving of alms or donations to the poor, which makes sense because that's the context that he's talking about. He's talking about what to do when you're giving charitable donations. But the actual thing that Jesus, Jesus is focusing on here, the main thing is actually the motivations behind the public things that we do rather than whether we should hide them or not. We can see this where he talks about the hypocrites, this character, the hypocrites. Um, The word that he used originally um, was referring to actors, actors who would act in a play. And then by the first century, it came to mean people who who would play a role and see the world as their stage. And so here, Jesus is challenging people not to be motivated by the part that they are uh, playing in this world, but to be motivated by him and him alone. Jesus also compares these two different rewards, the reward that you get from, uh, from the people around you or the reward that you get from God. And again, he's challenging people's motivations. Are you going to chase the reward of the people around you and the affection and the affirmation of the people around you? Or, and that's all you're going to get, or are you going to chase the reward from God, our inheritance, both now and eternally? So we have these two different ideas that we are the light of the world, so don't hide it. And Jesus teaching us to be aware of our motivations behind our public actions. The reality is these two things don't actually conflict, they actually fit together. As we go about being the light of the world, we need to remember our motivations. And even even so much so that they're actually needed together. Because sometimes the things that we, the ways that we might go about 
showing love and showing God's light to people might even be used to give ourselves praise. They're not limited to just prayer in a quiet place or just giving to charity or the passage goes on to talk about fasting and different things like that. It can even be the things that we might try to do to show people God's love as well. And so we need both of them together. Now, how do we actually do this in our lives? Because I know for me, this is how I have longed to live. I have longed, um, I have longed to be courageous enough to step out for God but humble enough to not make it about myself as I do. But if I stop and I look at my life, there are multiple points throughout it where I don't see this happening. So how do we actually do this? Well, for being courageous enough to step out for God, um, it's kind of cool. We're actually talking about this uh, at youth in our small group. I run a small group with uh, Sean Williams, uh, 10, uh, year 11 and year 12s. Very, very cool. And we were asking the question in a semi, in a kind of different uh, setting, or um, we're talking about something else, but we're asking a similar question. What are the things that stop us from stepping out from God, stepping out for God, whether that's to show kindness to a stranger or pray for someone or anything, anything like that. And the stuff that we got back from these, you know, year 11 and year 12 crew um, and ourselves were things like being worried our friends might treat us differently or that uh, relationships with extended family might get awkward or that strangers might think you're weird. And the common theme that we really found was often the thing that's holding us back is some sort of fear. Whether that's fear of rejection, or fear of getting it wrong, or something else, often it's some sort of fear. And in, prep, in like preparing for this talk, what I realized is that if you stop and think about that fear, it is often, is sometimes actually unfounded. Like, for example, would your friend really reject you if you asked to pray for them? Maybe, maybe not. Would it really matter if you're embarrassed just for a couple of moments in front of a stranger if you offered to do something kind for them and they said no? And so the other thing in this is exactly what Mandy was saying last week, that with these things and with these fears, God is so here for us and longs he longs to help us be bold, step out, and be courageous. And so if we don't see this thing in our lives, this thing of stepping out and being courageous for God, maybe there's a fear somewhere there. And maybe God um, wants, God is welcoming us to reflect on that, and maybe actually it's something that we don't need to worry about, or maybe it's something that God's actually wanting to trade 
take away and give you in place of it courage. Now, as for not making it about ourselves, um, I don't know if you are like me, but generally, I hope that I'm not going around and making every nice thing I do all about me. You know? Like, we're, we're Aussies here. Um, we have this thing where, you know, you can't make it too big of a deal of yourself, a little bit of a tall poppy thing. We need to make sure that we try to, you know, not make a big deal of ourselves. But sometimes this thing of making it about ourselves can actually come in the smallest of ways. It doesn't have to be this big display of, hey, look at me, but sometimes it can come in the smallest of ways. For me, I started youth pastoring six years ago. And uh, when I started, I was quite confident. Like, there was so much I needed to learn, and I totally realized that, and I was learning, and all of that sort of stuff. Um, but I was confident. Um, however, in that, I didn't realize this at the time, but there was this really small doubt that said, you aren't good enough for this youth pastoring thing. And it was like really, really small. I didn't even notice it at the time. But this doubt expressed itself by making the success of youth about me. What that looks like was I would be proud when a whole bunch of kids turned up to youth, or I would be hurt when that, on that night when we had just one youth turn up, the amazing Daniel Frick, uh, who comes here in the evenings pretty regularly. Um, and even to the point, like it's really shown fully with this story, uh, this moment I had with Chris Gresh. It was like back in, back in those years, it was just a normal day in the office. And he walked up to me, looked me in the eyes, and he said, God chose you for this. You are the right person for this job right now. And I just like broke down in tears. Because what was happening was that moment cut straight through all of this thing of me making a youth about myself rather than about God and got right to the issue of this doubt. And so I wonder, like I wonder where we're at tonight. Maybe it's not this thing of making everything about us or all the nice stuff that we do about us, but maybe there's something small that's hiding itself under a doubt where we're making it a little bit about ourselves, a little bit too much about ourselves, and a little bit not enough about God. And so to bring this into land, how are we meant to live this righteous life that we're called to? This have you heard section, this anger teaching on anger, loving our enemies. Called to, um, would we be courageous enough to step out for God and be the light of the world and yet humble enough to not make it about ourselves as we do it? 
And so I wonder if tonight, maybe there's some work to do. I don't know. Maybe whatever it is, whether it's this courage thing or whether it's this humility thing, whether it's really, really little, whether it's big, it doesn't matter. But would would we be willing to let God transform us, whatever it is, so that this way of living, this being courageous but yet humble enough, would be our lived experience? Would we be transformed that this might actually become our real world? And so, if you'd like to, feel free, stand up. We're going to do some prayer ministry. I'm going to pray for us. Okay. Feel free, do, do what you need to do to get yourself ready, whether that's hands out or wherever, standing, sitting, kneeling, whatever. I'm just going to pray for the Holy Spirit, and then we're just going to see what God wants to do.